Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. Thank you, guys. They're going to pass those things along. We're going to jump right into it. It's December 12th. How many of you are finished with your Christmas shopping stuff? What? <laughs> Uh-oh. I think, we got, I think we got a new record this year for people who aren't done yet, but that's okay. That's okay, because Christmas is more than just shopping. Christmas is more than just, you know, the thing that I want to talk about today is uh, what my uncles told me many years ago, that, you know, they got the same thing for Christmas every single year, and I just thought it was the most boring thing, because they knew what they were getting. It, was, it, it got to the point where it wasn't even wrapped. Uh, it was just, and every year it was socks and underwear. And one of my uncles, my uncle Jay, every year, I just, he, he's a man of few words, but he would show up and say, mm, Christmas means socks and underwear. And he just, just couldn't wait to get his hands on it. Just, oh, it's a big day, new socks and underwear. Out with the old, in with the new. And, and the thing is, like, they were excited about it, and they were the most basic underwear, tidy whities and the worst so- I mean, it's like, have you seen underwear now? There's some advanced underwear technology out there in the world, like things that do. Just think about when I went to military, Man. And they're excited about these. Anyways, Christmas has got to be about more than that. Uh, for some of us, though, Christmas has lost its wow factor a little bit. This year, for, for me personally, Christmas is uh, a bit exciting this year because um, one of the things that, uh, you know, people will, you know, what's, what's one of the things? All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Um, that was very true for me. If you don't know my story, about 12 or 13 years ago, I got... Uh, my bottom two front teeth knocked out uh, using an industrial wood chipper. I accidentally dropped a small rock into it. The rock did not uh, chip the way that wood does. It fired back out and dropped me like a Mike Tyson uppercut, like laid out on the ground. And I, I kind of came to coughing out pieces of teeth. And uh, the thing was, I had severe periodontal disease also, and so they had to remove them completely, but I had, there was, there was no, it, it, there was bone loss. I couldn't go through the regular channels of getting fake teeth, and so they were going to be expensive, and it was just always one of those things, like, other things were more important. This was not ever going to happen, and so um, just kept putting it on the back burner for years and years and years and years, and here we are, and I got freaking teeth. And they're permanent, and they don't come out. You can try and grab them. I don't care. All I want for Christmas is I got them. Christmas is, um, Christmas is an exciting time, but it's a weird it's a weird time where we kind of we, we slow down and think about how things have been going. A couple years ago, I, wrote, I was feeling creative, and I wrote a poem um, for the kind of the spirit of how things were going. And I reread over this 
and I was shocked at how many things had changed even in two years and how many things, things just didn't work anymore and it because the world has been changing, right? Let me read you this because, I mean, I, 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 it, it was good at the time. <laughs> it was the night before Christmas and Santa, he's a wreck. How do you live in a world that's so politically correct? His workers no longer accept the term elves. Non-human height challenged. That's what they're calling themselves. Four reindeer have vanished without much propriety. They were released to the wilds by the Humane Society. The runners removed from Santa's sleigh. Ruts that they create deemed too dangerous by the EPA. To show you the strangeness of life's ebbs and flows, Rudolph is suing for copyright and misuse of his nose. He's just gone on Ellen in front of the nation, demanding 16 million upfront in unpaid compensation. Jesus, we're waiting. With all bated breath, we need you here now before everybody gets offended to death. Even a couple years later, there's, there's some parts of this that just don't work anymore because people are getting canceled. Because, um, yeah, I don't know, you get in trouble for all kinds of stuff. It's, it's, it's a weird world. And so we are coming together to try to try to close our eyes and fixate on the reason for this time, the reason for celebration, the reason for a second chance, or for some of us in the room, a 74th chance, or a 398th chance, um, that our Heavenly Father is the best, most extravagant gift giver that there has ever been. I don't know how many of you have ever received a perfect gift from someone, just something that you wanted so bad, and they, and they nailed it. Our Heavenly Father is the perfect and most extravagant, over-the-top gift giver. In Matthew chapter 7, it says, If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good things to those who ask? If you who are evil, even you, how many of you want to, like, the worst people I know want to do good things for their kids for Christmas. They're like, I just gotta. People rob stores to buy presents. And it's sad, but it happens. Because he says, You being evil, even you know how to give good gifts to your kids. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? Our Father in heaven lavishes us, He spoils us with things that we really want, things that we really need. Even more importantly, though, like some of the things that we just really want, he'll bless us with. But better than that, he gives us things that we really need. He gave us the gift of his son, uh, the, the, the first Christmas gift of all, the gift of his son, whom we now receive this permanent pardon from our sin because of the work that he did on the cross. We receive reconciliation with our creator. We were, we bit the hand that fed us as early as we could. 
And, and we basically said, we're going to keep biting. And we're going to keep biting. And so we needed to be reconciled with our creator. And we're given that through Jesus. First Timothy 1 says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Have you ever felt like you're the worst? Of whom I am the worst? Um, you're not. Paul said he was. So We've, we got somebody that was worse than us. Matthew chapter 1 says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Whoopsie! This is your first trust, your first trust exercise, Joseph. So you said she's, she's pregnant. And the Holy Spirit did it? Would you guys all be okay with that? <clears throat> Verse 19, but because Joseph was her husband, he was faithful to the law, yet he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. He had it in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, that a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Uh, just like socks and underwear are kind of staple gifts at Christmas time, uh, I want to remind you today of three staple truths about uh, the first Christmas. And there are three truths that we can continue to live again and again. And I believe they're things that help you kind of reignite the wonder of Christmas, I can tell you honestly that I, I have had true, exciting Christmases that are because of the work that Jesus has done, um, where it was exciting because of the things Jesus has done in our lives, that uh, one Christmas we went downtown to serve breakfast to homeless people on Christmas morning, and it's 5.30 a.m., and it was freezing, and it was just the greatest freaking thing in the world. And it was like, this is, I want to be in bed. No, I want to be opening my, no, I want to be here slinging pancakes and giving out pairs of socks and hugging people that might give me bed bugs. This is where I want to be on this morning. The first thing, the first reminder of what Christmas is, it's this, that God changes our plans to guide us. God changes our plans to guide us. This is what he did to Joseph. This is what he did to Mary. This is what he does again and again throughout Scripture. God changes our plans to guide us. To, to illustrate this, I'm going to read you um, an excerpt from Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, Calvin and Hobbes comic strip 
Um, there's a million of them where Calvin is writing to Santa. Uh, this one in particular is one that I like. Calvin says, Dear Santa, every year at this time I send you a list of what I want for Christmas, and every year you callously ignore it, and you bring me practical things that I do not want at all. What is the deal? Are you insane? Have you gone senile? Can't you read? Are you just a vindictive, twisted oaf bent on destroying little kids' dreams? Hobbes read the letter and said, you know, you might want to sleep on this one. And Calvin says, I know, but it felt good to write it. Do you ever feel like that, though, that, like, God sometimes messes with or changes your plans, that you have these ideas of what you want and what you think ought to be best, and it gets changed, and you're like, uh." Isaiah chapter 55 says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Like, you don't even understand what I'm up to a lot of the time, the -the behind-the-scenes work. Have any of you seen a, a, a tapestry before, like a piece of art that with uh, threads, and it's woven through, and it, they can become the most, beautiful, the most beautiful pieces. But if you flip that baby over, on the back of it is just chaos. And there's like ugly knots, and there's like notes taken all over, and there's stuff twisted around. It just looks like a bomb went off. And you're like, how on earth, how is it? Because, like, we don't get the full picture of what's going on. A lot of the, we see the front of the tapestry, and we don't know everything that's going into making that happen. We don't know all of the knots that are getting sewn up behind the scenes. We don't know about all these weird little routes and things that God is doing, because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Sometimes God has to change your plans because your plans are too little. They're just too little. Like, oh, what are your plans? That's it? Uh, We're going to need to change this because maybe your perspective is too limited. But the good news is that every time God changes the plans of one of his kids, uh, it's because he wants to treat you better. It's because he wants to take you farther. It's because he wants to grow you more. It's because he wants to make you stronger. He wants to make you more you know, just lift you higher than your plans ever could. He says, your plans could bring you this high. I want to bring you higher than that. My plans are higher than your plans. My ways are higher than your ways. We bristle at that. Uh, A word I feel like uh, I I learned recently that I like a lot is bristle because I bristle half the day. Um, I think bristle means going like this. Did you ever wonder what this is called? I think it's called bristling. Your life is like a chocolate chip cookie. Some of the individual ingredients that are going into it, if you've ever made them from scratch, some of the individual ingredients taste great by themselves, and you can grab a couple chocolate chips. Uh, But many of the ingredients do not taste great by themselves. If it's going into a chocolate chip cookie, you're like, well, it should be. It's not. There's some real gross ones. It's not until they get all mixed together, and then they get put under intense heat that it forms one of these things that is just 
magical. Your life has these highlights in it that by themselves are wonderful, but you have these other days and experiences that are boring or painful or bewildering or whatever, that you can't imagine any reason why God would want you to or allow you to be going through this. Why is he letting me... And it's, and it's a gross ingredient that you taste it like on its own. You're going, why? Because uh, you're, you're making a cookie. You're making a cookie and um, different things come at different times. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. Matthew 1. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example of her, was, had it in mind to put her away secretly. Put her away secretly. Now, it's not this, because this isn't the way that Joseph and Mary planned their life together, right? They're dating. Have you guys ever, you've been, have you, anybody dating right now? You're all excited about something going on, like just where it's heading and all of a sudden something, just if something got, man, just, Yanked out, changed. It's it's rough. There's a a philosopher I love named Soren Kierkegaard, who said that life can only be understood backward, but we must live it forward. Life can only be understood backwards, but we must live it forward. Uh, wouldn't you love to be able to go back in time and um, like inform yourself of certain things? Wouldn't you love to, I'd love to be able to go back in time and maybe let Joseph know, like, man, you don't have to fret. It really is going to work. I know that an angel already showed up, but I'm just a regular guy. You don't have to be terrified. I'm missing teeth, probably at the time. Just go back and let him, anyways, number two. The first one we said, first one, God changes our plans to guide us. The second, second thing about Christmas that can make it wonderful again, is that God routinely blows our minds to humble us. He routinely blows our minds to humble us. Matthew 1 says, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she'll bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. These angel quotes that we're going through, this is the, the messianic prophecy, the, the prophecy that was foretold by many different prophecies that there would be a Messiah coming, uh, a son of God that would be there to save people from their sins. Jesus is fully human and he's fully God. Jesus is Yahweh. He's the Alpha and Omega and he's a carpenter. Jesus is a baby in this story at the beginning. And yet he's God. And that's the whole point. 
that he was fully human and he was fully God, that he was fully human and he fully understood what it meant to go through this, that um, you know, the, the older I get, the, the more I just think that um, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think anybody's, I don't think anybody's okay without Jesus. I don't think anybody's okay. I'm not okay, um, I'm not okay without him ever. Like, every, if I, if I leave, if I leave Jesus in the other room for a couple hours, I find myself not okay. I talk to people who make a lot of money, and I talk to other people who have a lot of sex with a lot of random people, and I talk to other people who um, do lots of drugs, um, and I just think that none of us are okay without Jesus. None of us are okay without him. He gets it. The reason why Jesus is so important, why Christmas is so important, is because he gets it. He gets it physically, mentally, and emotionally. It says in Luke 2 that Jesus increased in wisdom, that he had to learn to read and write and add and subtract, just like all of us. He probably didn't have to learn that new math, though. So, <laughs> But Jesus came out screaming bloody murder like the rest of us at the beginning. He was fully human. Emotionally, he loved and he laughed and he cried and he grieved and he got mad at his friends and he got frustrated with his parents. And I guarantee he had to chase women away from himself at some point. He's quite a catch. Why is it important to our faith that Jesus was born fully God and fully human? Um, to me, it's because... He's able to identify with me. He's able to, he knows, he knows who I am and what I struggle with because he struggled with the same kind of things. He was, he was us a couple thousand years ago. Hebrews chapter 4 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in at all points tempted as we are, yet he was without sin. At all points. If you're like, well, he didn't really understand what it was like. Jesus understands the draw of crack cocaine. Jesus understands the, the temptation of power and the temptation of money. Satan himself coming to Jesus and offering him everything in the world. And so Jesus, he doesn't just feel sorry for you, like for the stuff that you go through. Jesus doesn't feel sorry for you. He sympathizes with you. He knows he knows what it's like. He has sympathy. It, it means that he, he knows what it's like to suffer or to share feelings with you in the same way. Because he personally experienced pains and limitations uh, because he was a human the way that we are. 1 Peter chapter 5 says, cast all our cares upon him because he cares for you. And so whatever it is that you're going through in your life right now, just to know and that you can be assured that Jesus is, he's not uncaring, he's not uninterested, he's not unaware, he sympathizes with you because he cares about you. He knows more about what you have going on than you know about what you have going on. And so 
First Peter says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Jesus is able to substitute for you. Some of you this Christmas, you need a substitution. One of the, the gray areas that's weird for me all the time that I hate because I don't know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to solve it completely. I believe that fatherlessness is one of the most horrible things that's going on in the, in the world. Um, at the opposing end of that, I've had arguments with those who, who say, well, you, you don't need to have a father, that a mom is enough, and a mom is enough for a lot of things. Trust me, I was raised by a single parent. I was raised by my dad. You know who I need? I need my mom. Um, I needed her, and um, so many people need fathers right now, and one of the things I don't know how to how to help with is to say that, you know, that Jesus can be a substitute in that place. He can be a substitute as a father. And, and I know that it's true. I know that he can step in and be there in that way. But I also feel like it's, it's a thing that he's calling on all of us to do to fill in the rest of the gaps. Because there's kids all over the place who don't have dads and... Um, those of us who are men who see this need to be stepping in and saying certain things at certain times and just being available and not being a creep or a weirdo and, and not being somebody who helps add to damage, but being someone who um, shows, shows them what fathers are. I'm, I know that sounds like a random... Um, rabbit trail, but I'm saying to any of you in this room who are single moms right now that you are able to cast all your cares upon Jesus because he cares for you. And he's able to be a substitute for you. Isaiah 53 says he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. His stripes, if you're unfamiliar, these are the bloody, ripped open wounds that are all over his body from whips and from cat nine tails and from uh, scourging, uh, being hit with uh, a leather strap that has broken glass and nails embedded into it. And it's by those stripes that we're healed because he does that work for us on our behalf because he is holy and he's just and he's perfect and he's the only one who could, who could sacrifice himself for us in that way. The third thing that is so beautiful about Christmas for us is that God continually uses our obedience to bless us. He continually uses our obedience to bless us. We see this in the Christmas story, Matthew 1. It says, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. How many of you have been commanded of something? Like you know you've been commanded of something and you just haven't done it yet. 
What are you doing? You've been commanded of something, and you just haven't done it yet? Because maybe you're like, eh, I'm not sure if that was the Lord. Eh. Do you want to show up at heaven's door someday and him say, what? what? I told you what to do. What'd you do? You're like, I did what I wasn't. Mm, it was a little fuzzy. <laughs> Philippians 3 says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. I want to know and experience the mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. Well, the, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the very spirit that lives in you. If you've given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the spirit that lives inside of you. A person that's filled with that, that awe of Christ and wonder is able to make the most out of Christmas. If you would, please stand. I just want to say a blessing over you for this year. That we would just pray together and invite, um, invite more than socks and underwear. Well, God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ who are here with me today, that we are coming together as a family. We're coming together as a unit also. We're coming together as a school. We're coming together as an army to take back territory from the enemy. We're coming together as a classroom to learn about who you are and what your kingdom is like and how Jesus is and how he feels about us and, and, and the way that you see us when you look at us that you don't see sin, you don't see shame, you don't see guilt, you don't see the things that we've done wrong. When you look at us, you see your son Jesus and the work that he did on the cross. Because you sent him, you sent him to this world in just the nick of time, just as a, a gift that we can't possibly say thank you enough for. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For anyone here who hasn't given their life to Jesus, I'm just going to ask you point blank, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's all reward. And so if you... If you want that, it's, it's very easy, and I'm not going to trick you into it or anything. I'm going to invite you to pray along with me if you would like to, to receive Jesus. And you don't have to be qualified in any way. You don't have to have any uh, special training. You don't have to be ready for it. You're ready now. So if you want an assuredness that you get to live an eternity in heaven... If you want an assuredness that you get to experience forgiveness, then give your life to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the work that you did on the cross for me. I give my life to you. I surrender it. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry if I've hurt 
other people. I'm sorry if I've hurt you. I'm sorry if I've hurt myself. I thank you for your forgiveness. I receive it. I receive your forgiveness. And I thank you that you have my name already written on it. I thank you that you've been waiting for me. That your arms are always wide open. That I don't ever make you angry and, and closed off. That you're in a continual invitation pose. You are continually asking me to come and, and just be with you. And so I give myself to you. I thank you for I thank you for your forgiveness and for your eternity and for your hope and for your blessing. And I thank you for Christmas that you were born and you came and you died for me. Guys, just keep your eyes closed for right now. If, if you're in this room and you've just prayed that prayer for the first time and given your life to Jesus, would you just please make eye contact with me real quick and I'll just, just nod to give you a blessing. Say, God bless you. God bless you. Welcome to the kingdom of God my sister in Christ forever. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I see you. God bless you. I see you. The Lord sees you. Jesus sees you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing right now. We say more. We want more of it. What I want to happen is for people to not have expected anything weird to take place today, but that those people who gave their lives to Jesus, that a spreading would take place and that when they go home, other people would end up accepting Jesus because of what they did. We say more. We want more. We want spreading to take place, that there would be whatever the good version of an infection is. Come Holy Spirit. We pray that this would be a Christmas that's way more than socks and underwear. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Yes, yes. Yes, thank you. There is a Christmas dinner that is taking place tomorrow night in the underground for anyone who wants to um, just have dinner or help serve, help volunteer for the uh, the community dinner that takes place in the underground, that's tomorrow night. And uh, again, just uh, if you didn't read in the program, Christmas Eve service, 4 p.m. And then uh, on Christmas um, Sunday, the 26th, there is no service. Read in your program. Have a good week.
For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.